this week on Unsportsmanlike Conduct. We'll take a look at the World Series, maybe make a couple of predictions for the final two games, as well as looking at the new NCAA ruling that they came out with today, what that might mean, and then the future of the NFL and the NBA looking at mock drafts for the next couple of years and some young talent in both leagues. Welcome back to Unsportsmanlike Conduct. I'm your host, Andy Loveland. As always, here with my co-host, Jack Crum. Jack, how is it going this weekend? Andy, I am feeling great. Rejuvenated after our uh, little bye week. And um, we, I mean, we got a lot of uh, present and uh, future stuff to talk about today. So I'm, I'm psyched. Yeah, well, quick note to start off. No movement today. We're recording this on a Tuesday. So no movement for the Lions. Are you shocked? Um, a little bit shocked, but at the same time, it's kind of like they were kind of shopping around Darius Slay. They were looking at like, like Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell. But at the end of the day, like the NFL trade deadline is nothing like the NBA's. Like or it's, MLB. Yeah, or... It's, it's nothing like cause teams are almost scared and they're kind of like, unless you blow my socks off, I'm not going to take it. Yeah. I mean, we saw last year where a lot of trades happened, Golden Tate and some yeah. other ones and it kind of seemed like maybe it was we, shifting. Towards maybe we're that, shifting because yeah. we've seen NFL teams. They used to never trade it all during the season, and now we've seen Jalen Ramsey get traded and stuff like that just recently. But then, yeah, it ended up just being pretty much nothing happened today. I mean, there was a ton of rumors. Like I was following along on. I got my uh, Twitter notifications on for you know Shefty and uh, Rappaport. Uh, but I mean nothing, man. Like the Redskins teased around with Trent Williams and Jamal Adams, obviously livid on Twitter about the Jets shopping him. But at the end of the day, really nothing. Yeah, it's. I don't know if it'll ever turn into an NBA style deadline. It's just it's tough. You've got to learn a whole new playbook and all that stuff. And I mean, you're potentially looking at a player who's not ready to play in two yeah. or three weeks, depending on the position. But moving on into, let's look at some World Series stuff. The Astros now have a 3-2 lead. They're obviously playing tonight, so by the time this gets out, the whole thing might be over. Mm-hmm. Do you think Washington has a chance? I was listening to Kirchin a little bit today. No team has ever won the World Series and not won a home game. Yeah, That's what the Nationals would have to do to win. Yeah, no, that's definitely going to be a tough task. I mean, tonight you have Verlander versus Strasburg, which is decent if you're the Nationals, but like he's not you know Scherzer which I would love personally love to see as a Tigers fan Verlander versus Scherzer I mean it would hurt but like at the same time yeah it'd be awesome to see I mean I think the Astros are probably going to win it in six just because I I think there's a I think that's the most likely outcome if Verlander looks like World Series Verlander though uh, that's true. If if Strasburg pitches solid and Verlander it kind of usually on JV he usually has a good like third inning after you know, he'll pitch he'll yeah. pitch seven innings, give up five runs or whatever, but it'll all be in the first and second inning. So we'll see if and they might not be able to overcome that. Yeah. But the good news is for the Nats, if you can somehow win game six, you're throwing out Scherzer game seven. I mean, and that's gonna be a mismatch if you're if you're the Astros just because they, Yeah, just unless you're throwing Garrett Cole out, which yeah. I don't think they no, will. They won't. No matter no one's gonna match up to Scherzer. And I know that he had that neck thing. And there wasn't there was talk of him potentially not playing, but I mean you're a Tigers fan, you know Scherzer. Anyone who's watched baseball over the yeah. last decade knows Scherzer. He's, he's pitching oh, game yeah. seven, 100%. no matter what. Even if 
he if has he loses to get, two arms, he, he will find a way to, yeah, to pitch. Yeah, that he's game. not missing game seven of the World Series. So it I mean I found it funny where the Nats are saying, We're not sure, we don't think he's yeah. gonna be able to go. I'm like, he it doesn't matter if every inning he has to go in the clubhouse and get yeah. a shot to not feel the pain. He doesn't care. He's gonna pitch. Yeah. And the the really concerning part is I would not say as like who's on the mound, but rather like they need to get some run support because they've only scored one run each of the last three And that's games. what got them here. Yeah. It's just they're hitting, you know. And now it's just gone cold yeah. and I mean I hate to bring up the Tigers again, but like as a Tigers fan, like that hits a little too close to home with me, especially because we wasted both those guys' entire careers with just nothing on run support. So I mean, if the Nationals' little trend continues and their bats really did go cold, it's gonna be it's gonna be yeah. a silent death tonight for Washington. Yeah, I'm I'm personally gonna hope Washington can pull it out. I think it'd be just I think a I'd crazy love game interesting sevens. story. Yeah, I love Game Sevens too, no matter what any sport. It's Hockey is probably my all-time favorite type of Game 7 because overtime yeah. playoff hockey, there's absolutely nothing like it. Just like, an intensity. If you're rooting for the any team and you have a hard rooting interest, you're like, any goal that goes in, you're either extremely happy or incredibly yeah. disappointed. And that's just a whole other yeah. thing we could get into. But as a Tigers fan, would you rather see Verlander get two or Scherzer get his first? I mean, and Sanchez. We'll throw yeah. Anibal Sanchez in there. Uh, man, I mean, I, honestly, I'd be happy either way. But just because I kind of I kind of like the story, I mean, I'll root for the, for Scherzer and the Nationals, just because I, I find it extremely hilarious that Bryce Harper left yeah. and now they're just you know on that's, top of the uh, world. That's Bill Simmons' famous Ewing yeah. theory. So yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see if that happens. But I'm hoping for Game Seven, though. I mean, how does the quote go? The the two best words in sports is Game Seven. I mean. You can't get better than that. Yeah. So I'm yeah I'm eager to see how that goes. But moving on to some other news, the NCAA today kind of announcing that they're going to move towards allowing players to get paid for likenesses, autographs, get sponsorships, mm-hmm. those type of things. What are your initial thoughts when you hear that? Uh, NCAA uh, video game 2021. That, those are the that's the first thought that comes to my mind because. Um, I grew up on that game and I still play it sometimes with all my friends. And that game is is awesome to put it to put it frankly like it's it's sweet and especially like because you know why the NCAA did this because it's like California ruled it which has a bunch of major schools and now Florida was about to rule it which has a bunch of other major schools so your your hands are kind of tied at that point for the NCAA but you also have you know partners Fox ESPN yeah. with a bunch of on air personalities who have a lot of influence saying. This is what you need to do. I mean, Jay Billis is famously not, I won't say anti NCAA, but he's famously like pro player. Yeah. Players are being taken advantage of. And I don't, one thing I don't understand is if you're the NCAA and EA Sports hasn't made this game in quite a while, I'm shocked they didn't kind of get to this earlier because now they get a chance to dip their hand back in the cookie jar and make money for this. And they'll probably make in the long run more than they'll lose hypothetically on this and they're not really losing money at all it's just allowing an athlete to sign autographs and make money just like we as a student can write articles record podcasts and make money you know like we're not exactly we don't lose credit hours because it's like oh you got paid you know a couple bucks to talk on air for a couple of minutes and the ncaa at the end of the day is going to make bank on this because like you said like us fans have been deprived of this game for so long and video games are such a big market like as soon as they drop this i would be shocked if like 
Target and all these stores aren't sold out in like it. It'll like, probably it, it'll be break huge. sports yeah. pre-order records. And I like, think the funniest part will be like we'll be a decade out. It'll be kids going to college for esports scholarships yeah. to play NCAA football <laughs> video games. And that's that's crazy, man. Yeah. Like, all right, but keeping with that trend, we're looking. Let's say they came out with NCAA twenty, which I guess wouldn't. It would be twenty twenty one would be the mm-hmm. next installment that they could. Who's your cover athlete if you get to pick from that? And assuming Ooh. that the it can be likeness, yeah. it could be a player like Trevor Lawrence who still yeah. has eligibility. And I think that would be the most fair is to have a player who can still play. Yeah, no, honestly, I think I think Trevor Lawrence would be the initial first thought. Um, if you want to put someone on there that is kind of like, like you know, with their traditional like leaving for the draft. I think it would be um, fitting if you put, like, Chase Young on there or Tua. Um, but my vote at the end of the day, honestly, I think they should put, um, like, a whole bunch of coaches on there. I think that would be insanely cool if they put, like, like Coach O and then, like, you know, on the sides they put, like, all these other coaches and then maybe, like, one massive cover, cover athlete, like, behind them. Just go all in with it. I think that would be insanely cool. I think there's a zero percent chance of that happening. I know it. I, that's the, just well, that's especially just, in my... just because they're doing it, and you're essentially saying like this is for the players. Yeah. I think your more likely scenario is like let's using athletes from this class. It'd be like Joe Burrow throwing a pass yeah. in the direction of Chase Young or something like that. So yeah, that'd like be I cool. wouldn't be shocked. Kind of like have, a Madden ten yeah, kind of like two yeah, players. Two clash. players. Otherwise, like Chase Young is definitely up there. Uh, I think. Justin Fields, maybe. Sam Ellinger from Texas. That'd be cool. Um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of different players and things that they could choose. Oh, totally. I don't know. It, it'd be funny. I think Trevor Lawrence would be the most likely He'll be player. the player. Yeah, because he's the most, like, marketable, most I marketable. feel like. At this point, I'm trying to think if there's any other, like, skill. You know, CeeDee Lamb. C.D. Lamb would be one of them. Maybe Justine Ross. I think Jalen Hurts. If, Hurts would be if, very if marketable. If it was coming out this year oh, and yeah. they were going to use a pass player, I think Hurts is the most likely. I think it would be I cool mean, if they did like Hurts and Tua. I mean, less likely now Kansas City yeah. or Kansas State beat them. But if Oklahoma made the playoff and he did really yeah. fulfill the Lincoln Riley number one overall draft pick Heisman <laughs> trophy type thing. Yeah, like could you could you imagine like, like him, him flexing on, on NCAA 20? And like his jersey's split and half it's Alabama and half it's Oklahoma. Like that would be interesting to see cool. how they work that because technically if he's getting paid for it, he could kind of do what he wants. But then yeah. also like there could be like depending on the rules, because I imagine once this whole thing is done, it'll be like, you know, if I'm Tua and Alabama's a Nike team, I can't go get sponsored by Adidas. Yeah. So like I don't know if they would let to or like a player like Jalen Hurts who has so much tradition and mm-hmm. I think I don't think Nick Sa- like I think we've seen Nick Saban has a lot of respect for Hurts. He's oh, not easily. he's not one of those coaches who saw he like because he transferred is upset. I think part of that is because Hurts stayed last season and kind of fulfilled their end of the bargain and this season would be a season I think Nick Saban yeah. would love to see Jalen Hurts on the sideline wearing the headset. Just in case Tua can't go for the LSU yeah. game, which is a perfect transition to kind of say, is LSU Alabama? Do you think that takes either team out of the playoff? To be completely honest, not really, because if you look at the remainder of their schedules, the only really challenging opponent on each one of them is each other. 
So at that point, if you're looking at that, and assuming there's no like upsets, right? Um, you're gonna have, you know, obviously the winner of that is more likely than not gonna go and win the SEC, and the loser is gonna be a one loss, eleven and one SEC team, which we've seen the committee. They didn't really come out and say it, but they kind of favor the SEC. They give them a little bit of like a hat tip. Um, and especially if both these teams, like, and it's a really close game and they continue to dominate, in the, at the end of the day, like, as long as it's close, I think both these teams get in at the end of the year. Yeah, I think if it's close, they'll both get in. I mean, if LSU or Alabama goes yeah. in and wins 42-7 to seven or, you know, like 42-17, I think that ends your chances, especially because – I don't know who's going to come out of the other yeah. division there, but you're looking at, I think, Georgia. One loss Georgia is a possibility, and some of these other, you know, that it's not as strong. Um, yeah, I don't know if the Big Ten, maybe OS, OSU and Penn State could both get in. Very unlikely scenario, but I think it's, there's an outside chance that that happens. Yeah. I don't know what. The Pac-12 would have to do to guarantee. I think the Pac-12 is pretty much out of it. To be honest, they the Pac-12 is so funny because they practically destroy themselves every single year. And it's kind of what the Big Ten does as well. But um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, your four teams is going to be as it sits right now. I don't think there's going to be much change because um, who's the who's the fifth ranked team right now? I know six is Penn State, which I'm pretty sure they're going to lose to Ohio State. But I I mean, I think Ohio State will probably win the whole darn thing. I think They're, Ohio State is looking like, look the, best like team. the best team. Yeah. I mean, Fields is coming along, and he's getting – I mean, not that he started out bad, yeah. but he's he's getting more confident, it seems like. And well, when you're averaging four touchdowns a game, it's like – Yeah. And, Penn State is fifth, yeah. And honestly, I don't really see them. I mean, they're undefeated. and I, like, like I said, kudos. I think if Alabama gets destroyed by Penn State or LSU, like if Joe Burrow and that offense go in there and – do what they've kind of done to some of these other yeah. teams all season. And the defense continues to live up to the LSU name. I think, especially if Tua doesn't play, if Tua plays, I think Alabama has an opportunity to kind of go back and forth and say, like, our offense can score some points. We, we've got better receivers yeah. than you do. Like, we're, we're talented. Tua doesn't play. I think you're in some trouble to potentially – because, I mean, if you go down a, couple, a score or two early mm-hmm. and you can't quite fight back, I don't know if not Tua – can bring you in back in that game, even with those talented yeah. receivers. Because is it Mac Wilson? Is that the backup? Yeah. Game? And I, I just, and that game will probably get flexed to a night game if I had to guess. But like, I just, I can't bet against Coach Saban. I mean, they've just had LSU's number, and obviously LSU is a quarterback now. But that game, like, Alabama always comes to play, and it always seems like LSU kind of takes a step down. And instead of like roaring like they should, they they they're kind of yeah, you know, they're kittens I mean, and they kind of just sit back and watch the tide. I think I we've mean, seen though when LSU gets a really good team, they can be Alabama. Oh, I yeah. mean, it happened with Tyran Matthew and that team. They beat them once. And they couldn't they beat lost, them a second yeah. time. But I think in this can in this case, if you beat them by two scores or more, you might not have to see them again. Yeah, like you won't have to see them in the title game. You could potentially be the number one team and. If Alabama is the third seed or doesn't make it, which at some point Coach Saban has to not be in the playoff, right? I mean, it's it's got to happen it, eventually. Eventually, I mean, it might he'll not... either retire or die. I mean, he yeah. won't he won't be coaching forever. We know that. But I mean, if you look at the last couple of years, their biggest issue has been that LSU's offense has not shown up. Like their defense has been perfectly fine. They've held them basically below that thirty point margin. 
but like the offense has never shown what? up. So this game's going to be dependent on Joe Burrow. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I don't even know if you could say though the offense hasn't shown up because when's the last time you looked at LSU and said, "Yeah, that's a quarterback I'll see on Sunday." Yeah. Like, no, that's true. I mean, I mean Jordan Jefferson wasn't exactly the cream of the and crop. And Zach Mettenberger, I think, is yeah. the last time where you thought maybe. But even he was more he wasn't, of a— He was a game manager. Was, yeah, I it mean, was like he was a sixth-round quarterback who a team taking him and is hoping that he's Tom Brady and not <laughs> your average sixth-round quarterback. You're throwing a flyer out there. And I think now is he the, the superstar of the XFL or no? Uh, XFL, man, that should be interesting. Yeah. You see what Antonio Brown said about that? I saw that he said he it was going to fold in three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I think much like some other people that of notable. Yeah. Much like some other notable people should, I think somebody needs to take his phone and lock his Twitter account out, and he should stop tweeting. He's not helping himself yeah. in any scenario. Like, if I'm a team who might have some, you know, moral ambiguity, and might be willing to risk some reputation to get some help at receiver, the more he tweets, the less likely yeah. I am to put my reputation out on the line. Because you just you can't trust him. And I think with all the things that happened earlier in the season, that we I mean, they're obviously not criminal cases yeah. at this point. They're civil, but the way he responded and like reached out to like some of those, you know, some of the accusers and stuff like that. That makes you seem more guilty. Yeah, exactly. It's which just like, and it just it, it makes you not at that point. You just need to just just shut up and let everything play out. You know. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, and this year has been dominated by uh, just athletes that have gone off the cliff, man. I mean, first Antonio Brown, and now we're seeing like Kyrie Irving and like all these big name players like starting to lose their minds a little bit. Like, I I really don't know what's going on. I mean, with Kyrie, I think now. I don't know if he ever those mood swings. That's yeah, I think I, Kyrie has been that way though since he got drafted. Yeah, I mean everyone like knows if, what if he is. watched. I mean, I know it wasn't. I mean, he was on Cleveland and they were terrible. But Kyrie has been the same player. He's been electric. He's been this same dude. Yeah, I mean, he's been saying flat Earth stuff now for like <laughs> half a decade. <laughs> so it's one of those things where like now that this is the third team that this has sort of yeah. happened to now people are kind of seeing the light yeah but it it's hard to be in a room with dan gilbert as the owner and go gilbert might not be the most insane person here no that's i mean that's completely valid i mean you look back at that Cavs team man you give uh you give lebron james a whole lot of credit there i mean yeah i he dealt with kyrie irving jr smith I At least though, Kevin with Kyrie, Love did much, but no, I mean Kevin Love was it was can you fit out or fit I, I, in not yeah. fit out? I remember that meme where it's like blame Kevin Love. You remember that? It's the dude pushing the button whenever <laughs> anything goes wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's just because Kevin Love's not going to stand up for himself. At least though, with like Kyrie, he's saying some of this stuff, but like he'll still throw you forty five in a final yeah. finals game and outplay Stephen Curry. And then with like J.R. Smith, it's like I don't know. Dude might score 15, 20 points, he, but he also might just heat check himself the whole game and go 0 for 10. Or also from, might hang on to the ball during from 30. a buzzer beater. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I was driving, listening to that on the radio, and I'm trying oh, to understand yeah, what, like what happened. Like you Smith really is, needed to see the picture of like LeBron like pointing at the clock. He, to like, yeah, and I'm like, and then like later I kind of see, and I'm just, I mean, things were said in that car about J.R. Smith. <laughs> 
that I'm glad he's not on the team anymore. I mean, he's realistically, just, once LeBron yeah. left, like I wish they would get more. Like Tristan Thompson is a player who I don't even think Tristan Thompson is a that bad of a player, but move him, like just go full tank mode. That would be the best. Like, why are we giving Kevin Love like max deals? Like, I like yeah, Kevin Love. Like, let's sense. just trade him. Like, and instead, now we've done some of that. We've kind of gone tank mode and just drafted like this, like Darius Garland yeah. and Colin Sexton are both players I like, but they're very, very similar. Yeah. Like, so now we just you're gonna collect the same player for a bunch of years and hope that two of them mm-hmm. are better than the others. And or, with, I don't with know. John Beeline coaching that team he requires a certain kind of player both on the on the court and on the bench where like like you said it's going to take a couple years of high picks to kind of fit in to what he's trying to do because that kind of offense it really it really needs those kind of players to function yeah beeline's a i like him as a coach I don't get what's in that for him. I just I don't understand. I mean, why I he I feel like most left. of it was I don't want to be in the college game anymore. Yeah. I don't want to deal with some of that. Well, stuff. I feel like it was almost like like you, you've heard of like people having like midlife crisis, but like he wants to coach in the NBA before he retires. Yeah, and it is kind of like you know he he had to have been like on one side is if he's like on the plank of a ship. It's mm-hmm. like on one side are people with swords telling him like. Eh, you can't coach here anymore at Michigan. Yeah. And the other side is just the Cavs. And he's just like, all right. Yeah, he's like, all right, I'll just go to the Cavs. See, because I can't imagine that a lot about this team, unless you were completely egotistical, like narcissist, yeah. like I can fix what's wrong with this team. I don't know what would draw you to them. Because unlike some of the other jobs that have come open in the last couple of years where, where you've got a player mm-hmm. who's really young and was really exciting in college – you're looking at the Cavs and you're going, Colin Sexton wasn't bad as a rookie. They've got some high picks, but none of those players are really, really exciting. I don't like. I think those are good t- Robin players. They're not Batman. No, definitely not. I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe they're holding out four years from now. Uh, Bronny James comes comes to Cleveland, and you know, the return of LeBron, the, the, uh, the return of LeBron, the and whole Bronny. James gang. Who knows? Maybe Bryce will come too. I mean. We don't know what they've got planned in that. Uh, oh, by the way, happy Taco Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of Bronny James, did you see uh, Imani Bates out of Ipsy uh, graces the cover of Sports Illustrated, same age as uh, Bronny played with and against him? Yeah, that's fascinating now that we're kind of – I mean, first off, he looks like he's going to be a good player. I mean, he's 15 going on 16. So who knows what will happen in the next handful of years before he gets to the league or goes yeah. to college. We don't, we don't even know when he'll be able to go based on some of the conversations that Silver and it sounds like the NCAA are having. But as far as like young talent goes, he looks good. I think they were saying like he'll be – he's the highest rated prospect of that like, age yeah. since LeBron. Yeah. That's and so, crazy. I mean, you always hope like – He's from from you know Michigan, so you hope that he actually pans out. I mean, similar to Kuzma, I know people don't latch on to Kuzma as much as a player, but, I mean, he's, but he's still from, from Michigan. Like, yeah, he's, he's from, like from Flint, Flint. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, and he does occasionally come back to Flint. I but, mean, yeah, he's a he's a Lions fan. I mean, he yeah. So about, it's like, but having Lions. a player of that of actual like all star like fighting for MVP type caliber from this like mm-hmm. state, I think would be really intriguing and 
I mean, who knows, man? Maybe maybe the Pistons will be lucky enough a couple of years down the road to to have that finally first overall tank. pick. They'll yeah. finally go into tank mode that they've been trying to do since. 2004 no, they, but i don't i wouldn't say they've ever tried to tank they just keep like yeah they keep digging themselves further <laughs> in this hole and it's yeah, like it's like we want the eighth seed we yeah, want to be in the playoffs yeah. to say we've been in the playoffs so and that's like, gores man he's in just like, like a decade they're gonna be like we've been in the playoffs for for 10 straight years and it's like yeah you've been the eighth of the seventh seed yeah, you haven't had a you've chance gotten swept every single year you haven't had a chance to win an nba title since ben and rasheed wallace yeah. were on your team and it's like, like think about yeah that. And like, like Blake Griffin, man. By the end of the year, they've literally buried him last year. Like Blake Griffin carried that team to the playoffs, and by the time they got to the playoffs, he literally had no gas left in the tank. But I mean, they how got... much would Blake Griffin love to be a Clipper right now? Oh my dude, could you imagine that? Like that trio. Yeah, I mean, I think with Blake's supermax contract, I don't know if I don't know if they Paul could George, afford him, but but yeah, Blake and Kawhi. I mean, honestly, Blake is a much more complete player ever since he's come yeah, to Yeah, I mean, he's not, he's not Paul George. But. No. I mean, but he's still, like, a dominant big man that's learned how to play the game. He's, that's, he's still an upper echelon player in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, and that's kind of what's so weird about the Pistons is, like, with Derrick Rose, too. <laughs> Derrick Rose and Blake have always relied on their, like, pure athletic talent and instinct. And now, like... Derrick Rose more than Blake, but, like, still both of them, they can't really, like, do that anymore. So they had to become smarter in, like, just accepting layups and not dunks, shooting the ball when they're open. And that's kind of why you're seeing them be – I mean, it's still very early, right? But, like, Blake especially. Um, I mean, yeah, he hasn't even played yet this season, has he? Yeah, no, he hasn't. But, like, just going back to last year and looking at Derrick Rose from this year, I mean, Derrick Rose is only playing, like, like 20 to 25 minutes a game. Like – a lot of Pistons fans I know are really trying to upsell me though on this Derrick Rose. Like people, thing. people just love Derrick Rose. I mean, I I would love to see him be successful, but I mean, he's not like he's not an MVP candidate. Like he's not going to be a an MVP decade candidate ago. Again. He had a really really phenomenal season. Yeah, but it's, and was a really complete yeah. player. Since then, he's been hurt. I mean, he has like two fake knees. I just don't. The early season success, he kind of had a lot of that last season and then he kind of faded and tapered out as the season went on and i think a lot of detroit fans that i know and talk to are really bought into this idea like look at how good he's been early and i'm like yeah like yeah if the talk pistons, to me about it in march <laughs> yeah if the pistons were smart they would limit derrick rose's playing time they have two really good no they have two point guards. I mean, they, they got Reggie Jackson. They got Derrick Rose. Reggie Jackson is my least favorite player in the NBA. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's everyone's least favorite player in the NBA. I mean, not that he's done anything wrong. It's just, no. like, Reggie, Reggie Jackson, like, though, just go. he's the type of player who he's on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Russell Westbrook plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder, already nearly averaging a tri- triple-double, and Reggie Jackson still thinks he's the best point guard on OKC. Which I know, like, a lot of players in the NBA have that, like, kind of dog mentality where, like, if you don't think you're the best, like, you yeah. need to do it. But you also see a lot of times on teams, like, players will be like, oh, no, Russ is the star, not Reggie Jackson. He's like, I'm not passing Russ. Like, I'm better than this guy. I should be getting Russ's minutes. <laughs> and he still does the same thing in Detroit. Like, there's – Reggie Jackson is, like, kind of reminds me a little bit of Jr. Like he's just constantly in heat check mode, except maybe even less effective. Like, JR was kind of lovably terrible sometimes. Yeah. So you're like, 
you know, I. It's like, oh, JR is terrible, but like, haha, you're, you're Hennessy, haha, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, JR just jacked up a half court shot with 20 well, seconds that's left. That's just JR things. The ha- yeah, yeah, it's like JR being JR. <laughs> and then with Reggie Jackson, though, you're just like actually frustrated by it. And I just. And they're locked for- into him, too. <laughs> they can't go anywhere. Like, the Pistons have positioned themselves in a way where, kind of like what the Lions have done, where it's like, you can't rebuild right now. You literally, like, to rebuild, you need money, right? And you need, like, open space. And they don't have either of them. No, they have Andre Drummond, who is... He's good. I mean... He is very good at what he does. Yeah, but he's really he bad at what he does. Was, what he does is also <laughs> nearly useless. Pretty much, in today's NBA. Yeah, it, he all, like... He's also not an incredible like rim protector type defensive kind of guy. Like he he can be, but I I don't think night in night out he always is. I mean, yeah, he kind of gets lazy sometimes. You saw that last year when when Embiid kind of bodied him a little bit. Yeah, if like if he were some elite defensive guy, kind of like Rudy Gobert, I would see him being more valuable to the Pistons and valuable to other teams. But it seems like when some of those guys like Embiid or some of the other big name centers come in, he just gets yeah. controlled, and then, and even sometimes then they'll limit him to rebounds, which usually you can say for Drummond like he's going to get a ton of rebounds, like that's his thing. He's going to lead the league in rebounds, but it, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if because his contract is up. Is it the end of this year? Or is it next end year? of this year? Yeah. What I know he says he wants to be a max guy. He probably realistically He'll probably get should it, yeah. be. I. The problem with Drummond is, again, he's really, really good at what he does, but the NBA is moving further and further away from needing people who can do that. He came in like two decades too late, like, but yeah. And I think now, if you were gonna do that, like, I would say, like, if Shaq were in today's NBA, he would still have a spot. No, de- like, definitely, he's just dominant. Andre Drummond obviously isn't Shaq, so I just don't. I mean, but. I won't say he can't get the money because Hassan Whiteside got traded for. Mm-hmm. Not like, like usually you see a player like that. And it's like the Heat trade him for literally anything. It was like no, like Portland actively wanted Hassan Whiteside. Mm-hmm. So somebody somewhere, whether it's Detroit or like maybe Boston, Boston, maybe a contender. I mean, you yeah, look at I'm, like somebody's going to want Andre Drummond. Probably not trade for him because you can get him in the summer per, pretty much nothing. I mean, you'll just have to pay the max slot. But I don't know. He'll get He'll get it. I would imagine he gets it. I'm of the mindset with the Pistons, and I always have been of this mindset, and it's kind of really negative, but I would be totally fine if they just disappeared off the face of the earth for the next five years, went underground, and built an actual like team instead of just constantly putting duct tape over the bigger issue. Because people in Detroit, I mean, like they're the Pistons. They're Detroit's probably least favorite team. So it's like, just go underground, I mean, bite the bullet with the new stadium and everything, and come back, like, half a decade from now with, like, actual pieces and actual money that you can, like, use to contend for a championship. Not an, not an eighth-seed uh, playoff spot, but an actual championship. And they won't do it because their owner it is just, he wants to put people in seats, he'll get his one big name, and he'll win half the games, and that'll be it. I think but that's the, what they should do. The frustrating part for Detroit, which I 100% agree with what you're saying, is the city of Detroit will it they'll they'll back a Pistons team if it's like the 04 team, if it's like the Bad Boys. Yeah. They just want some grind and grit team which they want they want entertainment. 
Like yeah, but it, they don't. It's the rest of the league is moving towards like the Golden State, San Antonio. Oh, Ball Detroit movement. brought in like the tough dudes. Who, yeah, like, Detroit wants Steph like the Curry Memphis the style. They just yeah. want like some like bullies who are like you know. And it's just like the it's rest true, of the league yeah. doesn't really want that, and that's not what gets you necessarily a contender. It's like yeah, you can have Andre Drummond. He's like step one to that type of team, but. And I, I agree. Like, Detroit Pistons are probably always before. It's a hockey town almost first. Honestly, when, I'd make the, the statement that it's a football town most I think, of all. I think it can be, but when the wings are good, I think you see more people I know from Detroit follow the wings and hockey than any other, like, sports city really follows their hockey team that Yeah, I look at it like this, though, where it's like the Red Wings are obviously the most successful team in Detroit, and they probably will be for the rest of my lifetime unless something – you know, game changing happens. But if the Lions ever decided to win a Super Bowl, Detroit might actually explode. I, I think of it and it the city would be on fire by the end of the night because it would be like the the Lions just won the Super Bowl. Like I think I think maybe but incredible. I think the thing is with the wings is like people actually expect success. And they get frustrated when they don't get it. Like, now we're literally looking at, what is this, the third or fourth season in a row where the Wings might not make the playoffs? People are ex- – the expectation is you need to make the playoffs. And it's like, well, they're building, and they're still trying to get some of this young talent to come out. Whereas, CB, like, with the Lions – Yeah, which people were, like, ecstatic to yeah. see. With the Lions – like, when the Lions fail, people kind of revert right back to, like, same old Lions, like, uh, yeah. Like, and I would say your average fan is more likely to just excuse a Lions, like, terrible loss than, like, the Red Wings. But, I mean, regardless, I think those two are 1A, 1B. The Tigers are the Tigers always are in the middle, like, the, the third team. And then last, it's the Pistons. One, because, yeah. again, it's only favorable when I think it, when it matches the city, yeah. like, the UAW style. And, like, Team. we're already so spoiled with uh, basketball in this state with, you know, first of all, obviously, like, the Spartans and then with the Wolverines as of late, where it's, like, even if the Pistons aren't good, it's, like, we're still getting our basketball for will it, whereas, like, you never have enough football. We don't really have any other baseball. And as far as hockey goes, the Red Wings are the only show in town. Yeah, I mean, the only – I mean, you've got a couple of other minor Yeah, you got teams, a couple But then minor one of those league. is the Griffins, which is a Red Wing yeah. subsidiary, so – yeah, I would say the Pistons are probably the third favorite basketball team in the in the state. <laughs> yeah, that's easily. I mean, like, which I the would other agree two are selling is, out their stadium, and yeah. the Pistons have yet they had to change the seat of, or uh, the color of their seats just to uh, yeah. like look better on television. Yeah, I mean, that I would agree something. that even though the Lions are like same old Lions, and Michigan and State both have a favorable like following, I still think more people followed the. the Lions than they do either of those other two college football teams. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they ever do that. I mean, I think the best hope, because as a, as a Cavs fan, I think the best hope was that LeBron raised his sons in the city of Cleveland. <laughs> just and they just grew want, up. Yeah. They grew up wanting to play for the Cavs. Because unless another James shows up to town, and it's as long as long Dan Gilbert haul. is still yeah. the owner, um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. One NBA thing that I saw that I thought was kind of interesting is there's a slight, like, I'll call it, like, underground Twitter push at this point for Andrew Yang, the presidential candidate, to lose the presidency. Like, people are, like, hourly saying, like, I hope he doesn't win the presidency. I'm not going to vote for him. I don't think he's going to be that good of a president. But by the Knicks instead. 
See, that <laughs> like, would be awesome. It's like as Could a you president, imagine I him don't... as an owner. Like, I, I mean, everyone loves him. I don't know if he's gonna win like yeah, the Democratic I mean, side, I but like, yeah, as an I'd, owner, dude, like, yeah, I can't even. I don't know my own thoughts 100% on him as a presidential candidate, but I'm like 100% on board. Like one, let's one a let's get James Dolan out of there. Like who cares if it who it is? Like if it's a group of 15 people, like let's just get him out. Yeah. But two, like somebody who actually has money and cares buying the Knicks would just golly because you they would make the Knicks cool. Maybe some players would go there. Uh, you look around the NFL and the and the NBA. And basically most sports, the contending teams are the owners that are actually, like, in it to, like, watch their team win and not just in it for a profit. I mean, if you really think about it, like, NFL, you have Jerry Jones, which his team's been, you know, not, like, Super Bowl successful, but, like, generally successful. I don't think anyone can argue Jerry Jones doesn't want to win. I oh, mean, yeah. Jerry Jones is certainly in the oh, business yeah. of making money from his football team. But he still but wants, he wants to, like, to yeah. win first and foremost. I mean, we've seen it with the the Zeke contract that yeah. he wasn't going to do. We saw it 20 years ago with Emmett Smith. Like when when in doubt, Jerry Jones is going to put money on the line if he thinks they're going to win a oh, Super yeah. Bowl. And then you look at like like the Tigers back during Mike Illich's days. Like he, he was, was gunning for, he it. was gunning for. It. Like he never got to it, but like the Tigers were consistently good over that decade. I mean, let's look at another New York team when Steinbrenner was alive. Mm-hmm. The Yankees were in the World Series consistently every five to six years, if not every two to three. They haven't been in a decade. What's different about this decade? Starts at the top, man. You look, and then you look at the most unsuccessful teams in sports. Small, the Knicks, it's typically small the market Lions, or yeah, the Browns. Who don't. Look at the top. None of those own, those owners are just want to put people in seats, and that's kind of what we were talking about with the Pistons owner Tom Gores. Is they're just worried about flipping a profit, and they don't really care about the result at the end of the year because at the end of the day, they're still getting their pretty penny, yeah. and the fans will still continue to go and buy this garbage. Yeah, I think I think the other thing with the Pistons is too is even when they got Blake, who agree, we've both kind of agree he's a different player than he was. Yeah, you know when he first came in the league, but he fans just don't care that much no. about the Pistons. So they're always going to get a medium amount of people in seats, and unless they have the number one team in the league or they have a team that embodies the city, I don't think he's going to ever get a full stadium. So I think his attitude is like, well, if no one's coming, then no one's coming. I mean, like, yeah, at that I point, as well, I might as like, well just make money, just off make this. a profit. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm not gonna pay luxury tax. Yeah, back at uh, back home, I listen to this one radio station, and it's like a sports station. But uh, the head guy on there, he was like, "Oh, we got a superstar. Like, does it really matter if you got a superstar? I mean, ob- obviously, everyone knew what the ploy of getting Blake Griffin was. Is Tom Gores wanted a profitable player that he could put bill, you know, billboards up in the city, in the suburbs, and get people to come down and sit in the seats and watch Blake dunk it three times and score 25 and then end up losing by 15. <laughs> like, if you go to Pistons games, it's it's almost kind of like, like, it's fun. Like, I enjoy going to Pistons games. I go to, like, three or four a year. But, I mean, it's kind of, like, pathetic. How many of those three or four are for the other team, though? Like how oh, many? No. When I look at their schedule, I always go to the ones that involve Kevin Durant, LeBron James, because it's like exactly if the Pistons are gonna lose, I'm not gonna go watch them lose to like Memphis or something. I'm gonna go watch <laughs> them lose to like the Lakers. Memphis might be a good one though. 
Might be. With Morant now, yeah, like he true. looks excited. Like it'd be like a cheap ticket because they'd be like, "Oh, Memphis sucks." Yeah. But at the same time, like you might not see him at the height of his powers, but he's still like making a couple oh, of yeah. exciting plays here and there. But like, yeah, like last season, like Memphis I want to be in the same room terrible... as LeBron James. Like that's my general like thinking. Like I want to go yeah. see him play. So it's like, yeah, I'm I'm a Pistons fan. I'm rooting for him, but like, the, you know, LeBron's right over here. Like, yeah, and I think part of that is the difference in the NBA, like. It's star driven. It oh, 100%. it really. I mean, with when one player is twenty percent of the of the t- players on that team, you know, you can you can really have a larger impact. So it makes it more fun to see those guys in action, especially like when you get up to the top of the league. Like I mean, Giannis is up there right now, and you know, LeBron less so, but like Anthony, like some of those guys are just fun to watch. Like Kyrie Irving is just. I mean, we talked a little bit about you know some of the weirder mood swing type stuff that they're saying. Now and like the whole like I want to resign with Boston, but night in night out, Kyrie for five, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes, whatever it may be, he usually goes off for at least a little bit of time every game, even if the final stat line isn't crazy. But he'll put on some dribble moves or something that just no one else in the league can do. And you know, comparing the NBA to the NFL again, it's the NBA. The fans are a lot more open to kind of root and appreciate the other team and the other players because, well, like in the <laughs> NFL. Like, I would never look at, like, obviously Aaron Rodgers is incredible, but I'd never go, like, man, I'm just so happy to watch Aaron Rodgers play. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here and watch his greatness. I think, no. I I'm think not going to go say that. I'm, I'm, I'm there to watch my defensive line basically put him in a pile underneath the dirt. That's, yeah. that's why I think I'm there. you would for, like, so, like, I'm as a Browns fan, you know, like, I'd, I'm not going to go to watch Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to go, you know, no. watch Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, it's cool that they're playing, but, but I want my team yeah, to Yeah, but, like, them. I might go to a Lions game to watch. Like, I went to a Lions game to see Mahomes. I might go to see Rodgers. But, yeah, if it's in the division, if it's another AFC team. And especially if it's, like, your team, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go. But the NBA, I know more people who are just like, oh, just yeah. Just casual, like, like. Or or they're hardcore fans, but it's like, oh, I'm a fan of whatever team player X is on. And you're like, yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of cool, normal, guess, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I always root for where LeBron goes. Like, yeah. I, I loved him in Miami. I loved him when he went back to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Cavs fan, but I have, like, a million different Kyrie Irving, like, jerseys, T-shirt jerseys, I mean, all yeah, kinds why of not? things. Because I'm just – I mean, Kyrie was my favorite player when he got drafted. He was fun to watch. And then I'm like, when they traded him, I'm like, this is terrible. I understand what you're trying to do, I guess, if he really didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. But, like, I – you know, six months later, I have, like, a – Unfortunately, but not unfortunately, because it's still kind of cool. I have a Kyrie Boston jersey. Hey man, that's gonna be vintage. In, he's yeah, in like in, a couple, in like yeah. a decade. You know, a people will be like, "Oh shoot, remember those yeah, two seasons Kyrie he, he played? did play with them." Yeah, you know, when no. he's on his seventh team. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> an easier way to say it would be like, there's a lot more hate towards the other teams in the NFL. I'd say there's a lot more diehard fans in the NFL as well, like just generational type people who are mm-hmm. like. Like, would you rather watch the Browns win the Super Bowl or the Cavs win the finals? Like, both would be cool, obviously. Yeah. Like, I'd love to see the Pistons win the finals. I mean, I think comparing for me, football to basketball. Like, at this point, I'd probably say the Browns win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, one, because they've never, I don't even think they've ever been to a Super Bowl. I know they haven't won one. No, they've never been to I don't it. think they've ever been to a Super Bowl. I think they're one of, I think it's, is it them and the Chargers that's left as far as teams that haven't been to the Super Bowl at all? Uh, you're forgetting one key team. I don't know if you're teasing me or not, but, uh, <laughs> Um, we've had, let's see here, Lions, Jacksonville, Houston, uh, Browns, 
There's been a couple other ones. I know the Chargers went to the Super Bowl in the 90s against mm. the 49ers. They got absolutely destroyed by Steve Young. But there's still some of those teams out there. Browns, Lions, Jaguars, Texans. Yep. So it's so, four teams, Browns, Lions, Jaguars, Texans. We are and the Texans the have four. only been around for like two decades. I mean, man, the Browns have only been around for two decades, too, if you yeah, think the, about it. Yeah, they, I uh, mean, the second time. Left but town. We're, we're including all their stats pre-Baltimore, yeah. pre I mean, too. You're still like, like, if anything, I feel like Baltimore is the new team compared to the Browns. Yeah. Because, like, the Browns were gone for those couple of years. Yeah. Well, and I think, fo- like, Cleveland is definitely a football city. One, because they don't have a hockey team. Columbus has the hockey team. The, the Indians are there but they're so small market that it's like every couple of years it's just like i mean the yankees are already talking about they're targeting or no the dodgers are targeting lindor yeah i saw that and they're probably gonna do it it's I mean, as they're a, gonna get him as an indians fan like i was telling someone the other day i don't even pick favorite players because they're all so gone in a hurry yeah it's like just... i'm like lindor probably would be my favorite player but he's gonna get traded and i know he's gonna get traded because they're not gonna pay for him because he's probably the best shortstop in baseball they're not gonna pay him that he deserves to get paid that so the only time they can get it is like Jose Ramirez, who wasn't supposed to be that good, ends up being an MVP type player. They can pay him on the cheap because he's not sh- like him and the team both aren't sure if he's going to keep going at that level. And then they get him for another three or four years, one of one or two of which he'll play at an MVP level. And it's just it's frustrating because like we both kind of like small market, like yeah. we're both fans of small market teams. And in the NFL, it's a little it's funny because like. The Jets are a big market. The Giants are a big market. The, and they the NFL both is suck. so much different, though, because yeah, the cap, no, the, the cap, the cap works is so much way different. More, yeah. Way more different. And you look at a team like, you know, New England, who, I mean, a lot of people point out to they cut, you know, players short a little early. That, you know, like they'll say, okay, Wes Welker might have two or three more seasons, but we're not going to pay him. Let somebody else. But I think part of that is Bill Belichick's ability to coach up not only older players, but younger players. Like they'll bring in a guy later in his career and get. Like Jamie Collins is a perfect example. They cut him, the Browns pay him, get subpar production, and then he comes back. And I mean, he's not a pro bowler. He's but not he's, all pro, he's, but he's yeah. he's a certainly a starting linebacker in the NFL. And he's you know, he's probably above average. Or Chase Winovich, yeah. who I think a lot of people thought coming in, he's good and he's pro ready, but in New England system, I think he's probably playing better than he would have in Carolina yeah. or you know, some of these other systems. I mean, we've had the same issue here, same same position group, Kyle Van Noy. He came here for two years in Detroit, did absolutely nothing, couldn't even perform on special teams. We trade him for, like, a conditional seventh-round pick, and he's an, he's an all-pro now. Yeah. Which I honestly don't think Kyle Van Noy is a good football player, but I just think Bill Belichick is just such a defensive mastermind that he could basically take yeah, three he, pieces he of litter and make too. them – like it's he just puts players in a position to do what they can do and like with Julian Edelman I think Edelman has limits but I don't think Belichick very often makes him play outside those limits yeah he you know well, you wonder why they go running back by committee because all three of the running backs have a different skill set so they mm-hmm. rotate them in for the plays yeah. that are I I think sometimes I think now more than ever that's been a hindrance for them because it's almost like Michelle's in it's a run play yeah. You know, oh, James White's in. We're passing it to him. Like Rex Burkhead right up the middle. Yeah. So I think in years past, it's been one or two guys who could do a little bit of both. Just just enough that it was like, okay, you can't 100% sell out for the run for when Sony, you know, when this guy's in. But now, so I think they're trying to work on that. And it's like 
get Sony Michelle to catch a couple passes so that player like the other team has to say, okay, let's back up on this a bit. But yeah, it's frustrating. The NFL works differently, but the NBA it's more owner based versus small market. It's like you can go. Are you willing to pay the luxury tax? Yeah. You look at Houston as a team that's constantly willing to pay it. You know, Golden State was for a while. They're probably backing off a bit now. Um, you know, Cleveland even paid it for a couple of years. Yeah. Dan Gilbert, you know, all the money he got from Detroit taxpayers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but that, that yeah, might be too close to home. And then how about this to close out the show? The obviously it's a little too early, but teams are tanking already. Uh, you want to take a quick look at uh, this next year's 2020 NFL mock draft? Yeah, let's let's look at it. Who so. This would be CBS Sports that we're looking at. And obviously, they're all different, but the top three remains the same. Um, the first pick they have, Cincinnati Bengals, they're taking Joe Burrow, senior from LSU, which that's that's a little intriguing to me. I think that Joe Burrow would fit Cincinnati a little bit better than Tua would. Yeah. But I think they're going durability over star power here. Yeah. I mean, especially with how cursed the, the Bengals have been over the last couple of years. Yeah, I would... I mean, I think the Bengals' problem the last couple of years is like not even necessarily Andy Dalton. I mean, we're not no, going to say Andy fault. Dalton yeah. is a, is a great quarterback, but he he's like right middle of the line. Like he's the perfect game manager. Like if he were in New England, I think they still win all the Super Bowls that they win. Oh yeah. Like I mean, you know, maybe not the twenty eight to three comeback. Yeah, but yeah. He could he could function in any offense, but Marvin Lewis and those guys just refuse. I, I think that's to be just good. if they pick a quarterback this next year. I think it's just them. Kind of clearing yeah. house of all yeah, well, Marvin the new, Lewis. The new guy wants to bring, you know, Zach wants Taylor to wants to bring his, his own guys. And it happens all the time. Coaches, GMs, they all bring in their own staffs, players. Mm-hmm. They fit. You know, I mean, the Browns just traded, you know, a linebacker, Avery, to the Eagles, who looked like he had a pretty good rookie season last year. Freddie Kitchens comes in. He doesn't necessarily fit Kitchens' system. Same thing with Quandre you Diggs, know, man. Yeah, I mean, and it's just you trade the player out. Even if they might, you know, Avery might be good with the Eagles, you know, but he wasn't going to get playing time in Cleveland yeah. system-wise. So, you know, I'm not surprised. I think Tua is going to fall a little bit on draft boards just because the injuries, and now you've got the high ankle sprain. And, and not he's to mention surgery. you have Alabama's backup quarterback come in and toss, like, four touchdown passes. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, obviously it's Arkansas. Like, yeah, back and I think, a little bit. I think when teams are scouting, they'll see, you know, you're looking at mechanics, you're looking at accuracy yeah. and some other things, and you're looking at, you know, yeah, I mean, if this guy now, if he plays the rest of the season and throws, like, you know, 25 touchdowns or whatever in five or six games, then maybe you discount it a little bit. But we've got two or three seasons now of Tua. We've got the national championship game, you know. I mean, yeah, there's a ton of positive film on him. You know, him. Burrow is a guy who I think might slide up boards. I'd be surprised to see him first. I'd honestly, Chase Young, I don't know how how you talk yourself out of Young, even with a quarterback yeah. there. Like I if mean, I'm a he's team... just insane. See, in this mock draft, it has Tua going number two to Miami and Chase Young sliding to number five to the Jets, which I don't think he would slide past Washington, to be completely honest. I mean, <laughs> both, well, both of those teams are teams that I just hope for Chase Young's sake. Please no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because pass on there's him. a lot of people in and around Ohio State who know this stuff, and like Todd McShay, I think, might have even said it, where Chase Young is – more athletic and more gifted than either Bosa brother. And if that's the comp, both of those guys are tearing up the NFL right now. I mean, honestly, he's looking like a quicker, faster, and more healthy J- <laughs> Jadavian Clowney. 
which is terrifying because yeah. Jadavian Clowney was considered the top tier for how athletic. I mean, the dude ran a four five, and he's a defensive end. Yeah, but and then um, I think the best case scenario for Chase Young is honestly the Falcons, just because I feel like they're the closest to not maybe. Being, but I also feel like they're the worst defense. I know. It's just I don't know. I feel like they have the best like just kind of set up they have the best foundation out of all those yeah. teams up top i mean potentially but you've also got a couple of teams like i don't i mean this is a long shot but nothing's saying to me that the browns won't have a top 10 pick and you know i don't know if they'll trade up to get chase yeah. young or if they even need him i mean you'd hope they well, would, that would get be awesome tackle but young on like the dreams of young on one side and garrett on the other that's a nightmare for lamar jackson yeah this has them picking eighth overall, your brownies. I kind of dig this pick, to be honest. They're uh, basically taking a guard and tackle Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. That would be the perfect pick. Big 6'5", 330. A guy that plays guard and a second guy that plays tackle. Because yeah. like, they, could, they could use help all over the offensive line just to keep Baker standing yeah. so he can throw passes to either Landry <laughs> or Odell Beckham. I mean... We're potentially three or four years out from Beckham being a Patriot. Let's let's use those two or three. Exactly. Let's use those two or three years Just to try actually and make something. to try and make something happen because they've clearly got the talent. I don't know if Freddie Kitchens is the man. I don't know if he's as terrible as he's looked, but he needs to clean needs up to some figure it out. clean up some details. But yeah, I, I've I'll be very shocked if Chase Young is in a top two pick. I know like people love the quarterbacks. I think someone might trade up to be completely honest. Yeah, I, I, just, I think Joe Burrow is likely to fall like around within the top 15 somewhere. So I think if a, if someone wants a quarterback like that, they might be able to slide down. And then uh, they have the Lions picking 18th. They have them taking uh, LSU cornerback Kristen Fulton. Which I kind of I dig that, especially with, yeah. I mean, you have a lot of contracts coming up and ending. You got to yeah. play Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins, and don't forget about Mitch Trubisky in that uh, – in that division, man. I mean, you gotta you gotta stop that guy somehow. But <laughs> I think I think the absolute perfect way for any team to stop Mitch Trubisky is just to continue to let Matt Nagy coach him, and I think we'll be fine. The two of them, I, one, I don't think Trubisky's that Thick good. As thieves. Two, I, mean, I don't think Nagy. Like, if Nagy were, if he got the Green Bay job or something, I think you know we'd be talking about how he's this legendary offensive schemer. But instead, yeah. he has Mitch Trubisky, who has his flaws, but we're not even going to use his strengths. But, yeah, I think if you're a team like Miami, what if you just trade back, you know, a handful of spots? You I mean, pick, there's three decent quarterbacks you, in this draft. Yeah, you pick third overall. You let somebody else take Joe Burrow because there's only a year of tape of Joe Burrow being good. And that, that that's that's Which is scary. scary. Me, yeah. And, and then if maybe someone takes get, Tua, then, then yeah, you settle I mean, with, with Justin Herbert. You t- settle with Herbert, but you get, you get young – at the third pick, let's say, with with your – and then you might still have the the Steelers pick, which could be top 10. Which then at that point you, you know? draft your quarterback. I mean – Yeah. And they have so many picks. If Miami plays it right this next year, the Dolphins could actually have, like, a team Yeah, if you the make future. the right choices. And but maybe, at the same time, man, if they if they mess this draft up, they're, they're going to be crippled for the next I decade. Think, 
I think they messed it up the minute they played Josh Rosen and then snatched him back. Mm-hmm. I still he could have been good. I think you could have said we don't need a quarterback. Let's get Chase Young. Let's get Judy. Like let's get some skill skill players to go around this team and actually build a team. You and know. worst case, if Josh Rosen is not good again next year, you go out and get Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. I mean, yeah. it's not like you're aiming for the playoffs next year anyway. Yeah. It, it yeah, I mean Trevor testing. Trevor Lawrence probably would have been the dream. But I'd seen a meme like midway through the game yesterday where it was like, you know, people were questioning, like, if you're tanking, why are you up 14 0? And it was like do a better tank by allowing the team who you have your first their first round pick yeah. to get even worse so that you end up with they get the first overall pick and you I mean yeah that game was a win win for for the for the dolphins you win i mean you you get a better pick and if you lose you get a better pick so <laughs> I, that trade will be forever just mind boggling oh, for yeah. the steelers cuz i i don't know it how just many more games sense. they can win yeah I mean, they must have been playing for the future and not this year because it's just... Yeah, but if you're playing for the future, you would think, like, let's draft someone, let's not get Minka, unless you think Minka Fitzpatrick is the seventh best player in this draft. Or I mean, he's... Who knows? I don't know, but that's... I think that's all we got today. That was some good NFL stuff. We'll dabble in the NBA next week and we'll have our winner maybe it'll be the Nats maybe we'll have that man that would be awesome Bryce Harper will finally fulfill that dream of bringing a championship to DC (laughs) but alright thanks for listening